Heads up, if you're listening to this episode, there might be some changes to the resources that are shared or talked about. Health Promotion has moved to university recreation and no longer exists as the well. Check out Season 2, Episode 1 to learn about these changes or visit JMU UREC's website. Hi there! Welcome to Well Dukes, brought to you by The Well. Each week, you'll hear conversations from a variety of JMU staff and students that we hope challenge what you know, think, or do in regard to your own health and helps you be Well Dukes. Hey Dukes, I'm Michaela, And I'm Jordan. And this episode is on herpes. Michaela and I get asked about herpes a lot, so we decided this would be a great way to answer some common questions. Yeah, so on this episode, we have Bryson Villa, who is one of our well peers and is a sophomore pre-PA health sciences major. Bryson interviews Katie McDonald, who is one of our women's health nurse practitioners here at the JMU Women's Health Clinic. Yeah, Katie is a gem. Uh, She talks about the different types of herpes, how transmission happens, how common herpes are, and even some uh, interesting remedies that she's seen over the years. So enjoy. Hi, Katie. Um, My name is Bryson, and I was just going to ask you about uh, some of the different types of herpes viruses today. Great. Um, Nice to meet you, Bryson. So, um, Katie, I always hear people talk about herpes like it's, you know, the worst thing in the world. Can we talk about it and clear some rumors up? Absolutely. Um, Herpes is the most painful STI and not always prevented by condom use. So it is very frustrating. And when people get it, they are devastated. So um, there's two types of herpes, uh, type one and type two. Um, The difference is type two is more virulent, meaning it's more likely to reoccur. It's more likely to have bigger and worse uh, blisters, things like that. Um, You can have type one or type two on your mouth or your genitals. Um, You know, when you see somebody with their mouth is covered in cold sores, that is type two herpes virus on their on their lips. Got it. So which of the two types of the herpes virus would you say is more prevalent in college students? Um, Type one, thankfully, is more prevalent everywhere. Um, I did talk with um, my um, uh, other NP in women's health just to verify. At um, JMU, um, we see definitely a lot of type one. Um, Herpes is also very seasonal. Um, You see more outbreaks in the summer. We don't know why, but um, sun exposure um, for some reason can cause outbreaks. Um, You know, I should have started. The main thing I want to tell people is 50% of the people who get herpes never get it again. And I can't stress that enough. And for women, the person who really ever needs to know, I mean, you should tell sexual partners, but that's a whole other issue. But your obstetrician when you are pregnant is the person who has to know that you had herpes. Because if you have an outbreak during labor, that can affect your uh, child. Got it. So we, we talked about how you said herpes is 
prevalent on, it can be prevalent on the, you know, oral cavity, you know, and then on the genitals. So do the herpes that are found on your oral, you know, region, can that come from oral sex? Yes. So you pass herpes on to a partner by having a lesion. So if you have lesions on your mouth and you have oral sex, you will give it to that person on their genitals. Also, anal sex is, um, you can get herpes around um, the anal orifice also. So um, if you have, so men can have a very tiny lesion in their scrotum and with scrotal hair and everything like that, they wouldn't know that they have it. And when they have uh, vaginal penis and vagina intercourse with a partner, they will give that partner um, herpes on their vulva. So that's how it gets spread. So same thing with women who have lesions on their mouth and have oral sex will give it to their partner's penis. So would it be the same sort of concept for anal sex with like the tearing and lesions in the rectum sort of idea? No, it's, um, herpes is likes, um, um, mucous membranes. So your mouth, your um, vagina, and your anus are all mucous membranes. So that's why it affects those areas. So no tearing has to be involved. It is a skin to skin contact and it doesn't take much. The other thing I want to tell people is the incubation period of herpes is um, very varied. You know, the CDC says it's about six to 26 days, but we've seen it as early as two days. I've seen it years after somebody. Um, So you don't always get herpes automatically, depending on your immune system, when you get infected by somebody, it may come out years later. Wow. Years. That's definitely a big margin, Mm -hmm. probably, you know, an outlier in some of the data. Um, So how would you go ahead? Go ahead. I I just want to interrupt on that. So what we didn't talk about is 80% of the human population of the universe has herpes. It is in the family of the chickenpox virus. It is very, very, very common. So, you know, so eight, so 20% chance, you know, you're dating somebody who doesn't have it, but that's how common it is. And that's why I go back to 50% of the people who get outbreaks, never get it again. For the people who do get outbreaks, you know, sometimes with women, it's once a month with their menstrual cycle. Um, outbreaks, as you have more, get less and less severe. So if you had five blisters, your first outbreak, the blisters tend to come back in the same place, but sometimes not as many and sometimes not as big. So that's actually a good thing too. But there is suppressive therapy taking an antiviral medication uh, once a day, um, you know, some people do it for years. It's there has very few side effects, but that helps prevent them from having other outbreaks all the time. So let's say someone contracted the, a version of the herpes virus in their youth. And then let's say 
20 years later, they've had a certain number of outbreaks spread over a period of time. And you said that they become less and less. Is it possible that once they reach a certain age, they will no longer have any visible symptoms of herpes anymore? I don't know that that's the case. I don't know if that's ever been studied. So uh, just going back to, let's talk about grandparents with cold sores who kiss their little grandchildren. That's how probably most of us got type one uh, herpes. So that's really interesting to think about. I actually had talked about that with a friend the other day, who's um, a pre-nursing student. And we were just kind of joking around a little bit and she brought the question up and I had actually never thought about that before, like how we could have gotten herpes unintentionally, of course, from family members that have, you know, like given you a kiss on the cheek, whatever. That's definitely an interesting thing. Cause I don't think a lot of people think about that. When people think about herpes, they think about just, you know, some form of sex and not that really, correct. not really, you know, fluid transmission, you know, whether that's right. a kiss or, you know, sharing a drink, I would say that, that sort of thing. So it's really hard to get um, herpes from like an inanimate object. Like you didn't get your herpes from the toilet seat. I'm sorry. (laughs) I've heard that as well. Yeah. So it's, it's gotta be a kiss to the mucous membrane. It's mucous membrane to mucous membrane. That's how it gets spread. Awesome. Okay. What are the most common ways herpes are transmitted. So it's hard to believe herpes lesions are very um, painful. So I describe it as when you burn your finger and you get that blister on your finger and you know how long that hurts, that's what herpes feels like on your penis or your vagina or your mouth. Um, So you have to have, they do talk about this asymptomatic shedding. I've been in practice for 30 years And I truly can say, I don't think I've ever seen a case like that. But when people's lesions get so small and they have intercourse with somebody, they can spread it. So, but most people who have um, a herpes genital outbreak are not thinking about having sex. They are in pain. Right. Yeah. What are some misconceptions and stigma about herpes that you think people should really know the truth about? Well, I feel bad for any people who get herpes, they feel so dirty. And it's just, you know, all the STIs are out there. Um, You know, I like you, sex is a great thing. You should not be punished for having sex. So I think that they think they're a bad person or this. I mean, they need to all get over that. I do think people adjust well. Um, once they've been diagnosed with herpes and once they find out that, you know, I, I seem like I'm a 50 percenter, you know, um, I think the hardest thing for college people is, you know, the way, you know, drunk sex, whatever, you're not saying to the partner, so have you ever had chlamydia, gonorrhea, syphilis, herpes, you know, like, where's the pre, like, you know, and that condoms will, condoms only protect you from really gonorrhea and chlamydia, um, syphilis, shankers, and herpes lesions, and genital warts, you know, or on scrotums and vulvas, and condoms don't, you know, you got to do some saran wrap birth control if you want to get not have those, I don't know. Right. Is there any sort of symptoms besides just 
sores or is there anything people should look for if they're curious about if they have herpes? Excellent question. That is an excellent question. Everybody's first herpes outbreak, almost always, you feel kind of fluish, a little bit of fever, a little, you know, joint aching. I mean, uh, you feel like you're coming down with something and then let's like, boom, a day or two later, the blisters start coming and the blisters can keep coming for a few days. So that's why it's really important. If you have, you know, if your penis or vagina is hurting, you need to go to the doctor um, because the antiviral medications, when you start those right away, and they also give um, numbing creams to, to use. And, you know, we tell women to sit in the bathtub and, you know, uh, pour water over their vulva when they pee and drink a lot of water because when you pee and your urine hits those blisters, that's truly painful also. So see your healthcare provider right away. Um, get on the medications. They work great. I tell people carry a refill of those medications with them, especially if they're going on um, vacation to a you know warm, sunny climate. You know, um, Like I said, it's not just tanning, that's fine. It's getting sunburned or a lot of sun exposure for whatever reason causes outbreaks. We do not know why, but Phyllis and I stay very busy in August with many, many herpes outbreaks. Um, So Katie, I feel like we've covered so much already about herpes. Another question I wanted to ask you is, can you get any sort of illnesses or infections by having herpes? You know what, Bryson, that's an excellent question. I should have um, gone into that. So it is very important when you get um, a herpes, herpes lesions to keep them clean and dry because you can get secondary bacterial infections in those lesions and get very, very sick. So wherever your herpes lesions are, just keep them clean and dry, um, get on your medications. So they, you know, start to, uh, resolve. And what is something that people should not do when they suspect that they have herpes? Like, is there something that they should avoid putting on their blisters or outbreaks that they think should help? Is there, you know, certain things they should avoid? Um, also very good question. Yes. Um, people I've have over the years come to the office and they said, I got this sore and I put olive oil on it. I put butter on it because think about what people do for burns. It kind of looks like a burn. It feels like a burn. So I've had people put crazy. Um, I can't think of the craziest things, yeast creams, all those, A, they make, you know, the lesions more painful and that using anything like that is more likely to cause a secondary infection. Got it. Well, that's, wow. I can't even imagine like people putting olive oil on. And actually that's something I didn't even know that people put on burns either. I've never even heard of that. Um, you know, you think burns cooking, what do you use for cooking? <laughs> that your body right. your <laughs> Well, I guess. Wow, that's crazy. So Katie, what do you think are the key takeaways that people listening should know about herpes? So the main thing is 
it affects everybody. It doesn't care, you know, who you are or how many people you slept with or, or what you do for a living. Um, so go to a healthcare provider right away. Do not self-treat. Um, if you're going to Google something, look at the CDC um, website for herpes. Um, they have a very good fact sheet um, to know that, you know, you're, you're going to have a good life. You're going to get married. If you want to get married, you're going to have babies. If you want to have babies, um, herpes will, does not diminish your, um, life in any way. Um, there are good medications out there. Talk to your healthcare provider. If you keep having recurrent outbreaks, remember that, you know, you may not ever have this again. It may be a once in a lifetime, uh, thing, and for women, um, make sure you tell your obstetrician if you do um, want uh, a pregnancy that you have had a history of herpes. Awesome. I think that is all great information for everyone to know. Okay, Katie. So just to, you know, let the audience know a little bit about both of us just on a more personal and fun level. What sort of music do you like to listen to when you are, you know, stressed and just want to relax and just really enjoy your day and your time with yourself? Anything. Um, I, I love all music, jazz, classical, um, rock and roll, anything but country or Metallica. <laughs> country makes me very, very sad <laughs> and sometimes angry. <laughs> I do agree that country makes me sad. Although I do, I do like country. I know that there are some songs that I know that there are some songs that make me just very like want to sit in my room and just, you know, pout, but I'm more of a, I'm more of a, I do like some, um, like alternative rock. You know, there are some, um, some artists out there that I do really enjoy. I'm more of a, an alternative, you know, um, I know some of the viewers might've, or listeners, I should say, have probably heard of, um, you know, like Rex Orange County, or I'm just trying to think of some other ones like Claro. <laughs> Katie's shaking her head. She's yeah. Like, oh, okay. So, um, so I'll just tell you this. My music thing goes along with my techo thing. My horse and buggy are out back. <laughs> <laughs> so I was probably alive when Mozart was, you know. <laughs> Oh goodness. <laughs> no, so it's definitely. So uh, all of those things I've never heard of, but I will tell you my husband, who's a little bit older than I, and my son, who's a lot younger than I um, are both into very alternative. So they would know what you were talking about. Oh, awesome. <laughs> Good. If you can, then maybe you can go home and ask and be like, Hey, you know, I, I, a- I will, but I'm going to text my son. Well, it was very nice talking to you, Katie. Same here, Bryson. Good luck with your career. You're um, in, a, in a wonderful field. It will give you a lot of um, job satisfaction. Oh, thank you so much. You're welcome. Katie's great. I adore her so much. She, I just, I love the fact that she is never afraid to answer a question. Every event that we've ever had with her, she just full on will tell her opinion. And I, I love it. I think I, she brings a, a sense of real realness to sexual health education and she tells it like it is. And she's funny. She's fun. So I am so happy that she was able to be on this episode. 
And Bryson did a great job as well. We love having student involvement. And speaking of student involvement, we asked for folks on our social media page to submit questions about herpes for this upcoming podcast episode. And so I actually just want to take a minute so that we can answer one of those questions that we received. So Jordan, a student asked, if you get cold sores, does that mean you're always contagious for herpes even when the sores go away? That's a great question. Cold sores, uh, which are herpes blisters on or around the mouth, um, are typically herpes simplex virus 1 or type 1, as, as we heard Katie mention. A person is most contagious when they have an outbreak or right before an outbreak, like when they first start having the signs and symptoms. Uh, for cold sores, that may feel like some tingling around the lip or um, maybe some like heat and inflammation, some irritation. So it is possible to spread herpes simplex virus one when someone doesn't have a cold sore present, but it's very uncommon. So typically that spreading happens and that transmission happens when someone actually has the sore present. So I don't want to say that because I don't want people to be afraid to ever kiss someone ever again. That is okay. As Katie said, it's very common. And that's oftentimes really how a lot of people have gotten it. Um, if someone does have herpes and gets cold sores, they should avoid the kissing or sharing utensils and cups until the sore is completely gone. And then also they might just want to take a little bit more precaution if they tend to get cracked or chapped lips, because when there are any tears in the lips um, or any sort of openings or other, any other blisters that can cause viral transmission again, when they are either kissing or um, sharing anything with someone else. We also want to address something that we get asked a lot, but it didn't come up in this interview. So while JMU does offer STI testing or sexually transmitted infection testing to students, herpes testing is not a part of that. As Katie said, herpes is very, very common. So a lot of people would show up as positive for one of the two strains, even if they don't have any outbreaks. If someone suspects that they have herpes because they notice sores or lesions on their mouth or their genitals or anus, they should see a provider and they should be able to do an exam and prescribe medication if needed. We'll have a link to JMU's testing information in our description. Yeah, we know it can feel painful and uncomfortable and not to mention the obvious just visually unappealing when someone has a herpes outbreak, but don't be afraid to see a doctor and get that medication and remember, it is not going to be like that for the rest of your life. So be sure to follow us on Instagram at JMU Well Dukes so you can submit your questions or you can email us at any time at welldukes at jmu.edu. Next week, our episode will be in honor of National Eating Disorders Awareness Week, and we're going to have a special guest from the Counseling Center to talk about the different types and resources available to JMU students. And if you're listening to this episode for Health 100 Credit, your passcode is HSV. Those letters again are HSV, which stands for herpes simplex virus. That's all for this episode. Remember, be well, Dukes. <laughs>